Praise the Lord. Good morning. Last week when I was preaching, sometimes when you're, um, sometimes there are certain verses that will um, change you as a minister in the way you preach. And uh, last week there was a verse that God had given me to preach, and um, it's from Second Peter. My 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 message last week was about don't forget me, you know God saying don't forget me days without number, and there was a place in there where it said, you know I told you Second Peter should be written in blood because it's literally the end of Peter's life. He's about to be crucified. Um, Jesus had prophesied that he would be a martyr, and so he was kind of toward the end of his life, and he kind of even knew how he would be martyred and. He said that his ministry was to remind us. And he said, uh, Therefore, make your, be eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fail. You'll receive a rich welcome. When the Bible says a rich welcome into the heavenly kingdom, into the eternal kingdom, how many know it's a rich, rich, very rich welcome? Uh, when the Bible says rich, it's really rich, okay? Our rich and Bible rich is two different things. So he says, make your election calling sure because you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior. And I will always remind you of these things even though I know that you know them and they're firmly you're firmly established in the truth. I will continue to remind you. And he says, until the day that I die... I'm going to keep reminding you. And you know, that freed me up as a minister. Because so many times you come in front of the people and I will study. And one thing that I love about studying the Bible and preaching is it reminds me. I mean, no. Sometimes you read the Bible and it just reminds you. And sometimes though as a minister, I forget though that you're being reminded like I'm being reminded. And I'll read it and I'll say, man, I forgot about that. And I totally forgot how awesome it's going to be one day when I get that rich welcome. And I sometimes will preach. Now think about this. I'll say, man, that's so simple. I've taught that a million times. And sometimes as a minister, you'll say to yourself, well, I need to have a deeper message here. I need a deeper point. And man, I just am resting in the fact that Peter... To the end of his life said his ministry was to keep reminding you because you'll forget. I know you know this. I know you're established in the truth. But my ministry till I die is to keep reminding you about it. So this morning I'm going to be reminding you about it again. And I don't feel bad. And I don't feel like I have to have a deeper point. I feel like you maybe forgot. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Revelation 14.13, if you would turn there. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. It says, Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Now where is he at? He's actually in heaven. He's looking from a whole different vantage point than where we're at right now. He's in heaven looking... And an angel is right there in this vision. And he says, write this down. 
Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Holy Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds, for their deeds will follow them. That amazing. Here's a voice that says, Blessed or happy are those who die in the Lord from here on out. And he says, The Holy Spirit is right there. Holy Spirit says, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that. Holy Spirit just kind of jumps in his vision and says, yeah, that's right, because their reward will follow them. You hear the scripture I was saying earlier that you'll have a rich reward? Man, what if we were to walk through life and forget about the rich reward, the rich welcome that we're going to get when we walk through the gates of heaven? Sometimes we don't live our lives thinking about what is ahead of us. Sometimes we think about what's ahead of us in life, But sometimes we don't think about what's ahead of us the very first moment we walk through the gates of heaven. And there is a rich welcome that is waiting for you. There's a rich reward that's waiting for you. And somehow that's got to find its way from those pages into this heart. Somehow I've got to be able to remember that every day of my life or I will not live an overcoming life. If I can't remember what's going to happen that first second, I close my eyes and die and wake up in the presence of the Lord and the rich welcome is all around me. And somehow I got to remember that. And so here's this angel or this voice speaking to John. Happy are those who die in the Lord from here on out. Yes, says the Holy Spirit, they will rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them. Good news translation. I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Happy are those. Everybody say happy. Because all I ever hear in the world that I live in is you live and then you die and then it's over. But that's telling me something totally different. That's telling me happy is that first moment when I open my eyes in eternity. And I'm going to want this. And I should be really excited and I should be thrilled and I should be working to make my election sure because there is a rich welcome that is awaiting me if I will do that. We need to get a hold of this, church. And then it says in Corinthians, when the perishable, this 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 56 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 54 to 56. When the perishable, now what's perishable? The perishable food, what's that mean? It doesn't have a good shelf life. It's going to go bad really quickly on the shelf and it's going to perish and it's going to be gone. Right? It says when the perishable, that's us. I'm perishable, you're perishable. You say, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm bulletproof. I'm going to live forever. You just watch. I'm going to continue. No, you're perishable. When it's been clothed, oh man, I want to be clothed. It's clothed with imperishable. I'm going to be clothed with imperishable. I know you know these things. But see, my ministry is to remind you every single day until I die. And I'm excited about this. I don't have to come up with a special deep revelation. I just need to tell you this revelation regularly. Amen? Because we forget. The perishable will be clothed with imperishable. The mortal, that's you, 
Mine's the amplified version. It has your name there. The mortal will be clothed with immortal. I want to be clothed with immortal. I've been mortal long enough. Praise the Lord. Then the saying that is written will come to pass. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless this word, Lord. Let it be a revelation to your people, Lord God, today and for the rest of their lives, Lord. In your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Title of my message is Stinger Mentality. I looked up, you know, the Holy Spirit was kind of leading me this morning. Look up what happens when a person gets stung. You see that? Because of the fact they've been clothed with imperishable, they've been clothed with immortality, then the Bible says, death, where is your sting? Death doesn't have a sting anymore. Hey. All right. Well, I I tell you, I start preaching, they start running to the altars. It's amazing. (laughs) I always visioned it that way. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So I looked up. The Holy Spirit led me to look up. What is it? What happens when a person is stung? And that stinger... I may have ever been stung. I may have been stung more than once on one occasion. Or I may have been stung 15 or 20 times in the same setting. I have too. It's not fun. Especially when they're ground hornets. That's when you get them. They're the worst. But when I looked it up, it said, when that stinger goes into your skin, it begins to put out this poison. And it says you need to get the stinger out because if you don't, it's going to continue to put out poison. And the sooner you get the stinger out, the less the poison is going to be able to affect you. Oh, praise the Lord. I preach. In that scripture, right after it says... Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Then it says, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But the Bible just told me that there is no sting. That the stinger has been removed. And so today what I want to talk about is a stinger mentality. That means the stinger is still in you. You've given your heart to the Lord, but somehow you haven't realized all the benefits of His salvation. Somehow you're still walking around, that stinger's just hanging out of you. Somehow you're walking around and because that poison is allowed to stick in you spiritually, that poison is still affecting your mind, it's still affecting your lifestyle, it's still affecting everything. You said, man, I want to live for the Lord, then get the stinger out. Because it's still sticking in you. And what happens is sin entered into this world. This world has been stung. This world that we live in has been stung. Your life, my life, everybody's life has been scarred by sin. But the problem is, in order for the sting to be removed, 
God has to give us a living hope. Listen to this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. It says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Praise God. You who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So in the end... The Bible says He's put in you a living hope. That means there has to be something in here that causes that poison no longer to circulate in my spiritual system. And some of you will go through Thanksgiving, and I'm and the Lord was just speaking this to me. Lord, I'm trying everything I can to be thankful. Lord, I'm trying to do everything that I can do to be thankful and Sometimes I'm struggling, Lord. Sometimes I feel numb, Lord. Sometimes I feel like I don't have any joy anymore. And nothing makes me happy anymore. And God's saying He wants you to pull the stinger out. Because what happens is the poison is spoiling your thinking. The poison of this world is spoiling your thinking spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. You're wondering why I have depression. It's because the stinger's still stuck in there. It's poisoning your thoughts. And you say, well, how's it poisoned my thoughts? Because all you can think about is this world. And somehow your mind can't even wrap your hands around that I'm going to have a rich reward in heaven. There's going to be a welcome in heaven that's beyond anything I've ever seen. In just a little bit longer, things are going to dramatically be different. And I am excited, church. And church, if we try to live this life in this world, you will always be depressed. You will always be sad. You will always be poisoned in your thinking. Because what he wants me to remind you is, we're almost home. It's just a little while longer. He wants me to remind you about death because there are two kinds of people. And somehow I've got to stress really aggressively, I've got to stress you don't want to be the other kind of person. Listen real carefully. Revelation 14. Let's look at the context of what we're studying today. This is the last harvest on the earth. God is taking his sickle and he's trying to find anybody that will trust God that's left. He's taking his final thrust to get the final uh, group of people that will, will, will serve him. And he said, listen to this, verse 9 of chapter 14. A third angel followed them, said in a loud voice, if anybody worships the beast, And his image and receives the mark on their forehead or their hand. He too will drink of the wine of God's fury. He too. So they're already a group of people that are. He too will. Which has been poured out full strength in the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented in burning sulfur. Listen to this. In the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. 
The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast or his image or anyone who receives the mark. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandment and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from here on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor and their deeds will follow them. Now, I've got to tell you some very important points before I can tell you the good news. Because if I don't tell you the bad news, you can't receive the good news. The first thing that he says that happens there, you notice he says the rest will follow them. That word, when you look up that word rest, it means toil, some wearisome toil. It just means like being worn out, like being exhausted, like disease, sickness, work, your body aching. How many have ever felt that wearisome toil? And how many know that wearisome toil of this world can feel like that stinger? And it can feel like a poison that's going through your body. And sometimes all you can see is the stinger. All you can feel emotionally, all you can feel spiritually, all you can feel physically is you get up and that stinger's there and man, I just feel it's poison. And see, that's how the world feels. The world feels that poison and they have no hope of it getting better. No hope. But the Bible says He wants to give us a living hope. And the living hope through His resurrection is the only thing, only thing to give us a living hope is to know that there's rest for the weary soul. Now, if all heaven did for me was, if all hell was, was I have to work my job for eternity, I wouldn't want to go there. But the Bible says that they will find rest How many know when I get in the presence of the Lord, the very first moment that I walk in, it says I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. Church, we have to get excited about that first moment. If we don't get excited about it, some of us are holding on so tight to this world. And here's what God's doing. I seen a picture of this this morning. I seen a person on the ground with straps all over them and they were strapped to the earth. And God said, let's start pulling those straps off. Let's start pulling them off because what's going to happen to the child of God when those straps are gone is they're going to, they're going to leave this earth. And what God's trying to do is He's not trying to put more straps on us. He's not trying to make us fall in love with this world. He's trying to remove them. He's trying to say, I want you to want to be with me. I want you to be less bound to this earth and I want you to be more bound to me. I want you to be heavenward. I want you to be earthward. And when I walk through heaven's gate for that first moment after I die, and I get excited. Somebody was showing me yesterday Jack Purdy's stone on his uh, his tombstone. Oh, what a beautiful thing Jack wrote on there. And man, you know what's exciting to me? Is he's there. You know how happy he is right now? You know how just happy are those? I can't even imagine the unbridled happiness that he has right now. Pastor Rod, do you think he had a better Thanksgiving than we did? 
I can't even imagine. And I want to be there. And God wants you to want to be there. God wants you to say, I've got to live in this world and I'm going to make the best of it. But man, I cannot wait to be in the presence of the Lord. Death, why are we so scared of it? It doesn't have a stinger anymore. You can't have death stinger in you anymore. If death stinger is in you and you're afraid of death, you've got to get that thing removed because it's a poison to your life. If you're afraid to die, it's a poison to everything you do in this life because then your mind will start thinking, man, I've only got a few more Thanksgiving. 20 more years, I'll be this. 20 more years, I'll be that. I didn't ever do what I, I didn't ever do what I wanted to do on this earth. And that poison just starts going through you. And God says, man, you're 20 years older. You're almost with me. You're closer to me than you were 20 years ago. And God's saying, I want to remove the fear of death that's tormented you your whole life. God wants to take away that thing that says, man, I didn't have a good childhood. I didn't get to be a kid. So-and-so mistreated me. So-and-so did something bad to me. And God's saying, that's the stinger. That's the stinger mentality. That's living on this earth without any living hope running through your veins. you still got the stinger in you and the poison still working. But you're trying to live for God. God's saying, pull that stinger out and let's fill you up with living hope every day that you live. And let this guy up here, come to church and let him remind you every week. You know, how many know that's why church is so important? It dawned on me last week. I'd never heard that before. It dawned on me that I need somebody to remind me all the time. I need somebody to remind me of the things I already know. You say, well, that's not true in life. You ever had a teenager? I'm just kidding. I'm just making sure you guys are awake. I'm sorry. But we've always... Now let me give you a few, the, the second thing, reward, rest. I mean, rest is a big thing, right? How many think it would be good to have rest from disease? Rest from sickness. Rest from sorrow. Rest from getting up every day to go to work. Rest from the fear of having to ever die again. Rest from being hurt. You ever notice how much we're not able to rest here? Isn't it amazing how much we're not able to rest here? But the minute I walk in heaven, the minute I leave this earth, rest. I can go. It's all worth it. Boy, let that dawn on you, church. You want a revelation in God's house? If you just get that one, you'll survive. Walk into His gates and Tired of working. Oh God, I'm tired of working. Just rapture me in your presence. I'm ready, Lord. That's all you give me. I'm happy. But then he says, your rewards will follow you. This breaks my heart and it blesses my heart at the same time. Because you know that nothing, the only way that you can get a reward at the judgment seat of Christ is to be a Christian. To be one who's called by His name to do things on His behalf for His glory, working for Him. 
So every good thing, think about this. In fact, listen to the way it says here in the Good News translation. That's why I put it here. It says, write this, happy are those who die in the service of the Lord. Yes, indeed, the Holy Spirit answered. They will enjoy rest from their hard work because the results of their service will go with them. Do you know there's not one good deed somebody who's not serving the Lord can do that will be rewarded? That is a truth, church. Please hear me. You say, well, I give money to the poor. I give all that I have to the poor. I do everything I can even to help church people. And there is no reward. But every wicked thing we've ever done is held against us if we're away from the Lord. If I'm not doing it to serve the Lord, the one who died for me, I only receive bad, but I receive no reward. How many know that's true? I'm reminding you today. But listen to this. It says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust will destroy and where thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this is telling us something. I can store up not just things, treasures. Treasures. How do I store up treasures? Church, you literally, the Bible says, blessed is the man whose sins are not imputed against him. That means if I'm in the Lord, no bad is held against me. And literally, every little good thing that I do, literally, literally, every, I'm going to read some scriptures here in a minute. Every minor thing that I do for the Lord is rewarded. It's the opposite. Every bad thing is held against the wicked, and they can't receive a reward for anything. But every bad thing is not held against the Christian that does it in his service, but every little bitty, tiny, good thing is storing up a treasure. You say, man, I gave this for the poor. How much was it? A dollar. Man, that dollar is a treasure in heaven. You say, man, the church was trying to do something to reach the lost, and I gave this amount of money to to build something. You say, is God going to bless me on this earth? I hope not, because I hope I have a treasure in heaven for that. Listen to this. It says, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15, it says, But I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. That's talking about heaven. That's talking about every little thing I do on this earth, there's going to be a rich welcome for me. Listen to this, you say, well, that don't necessarily tell me. Matthew twenty-five forty, And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of your brothers of mine, you did for me. So whatever I do to the least of anybody in here for the Lord, any of my brothers in this church, whatever I do the least of, I've done for the Lord. Let me give you another one. Mark 9.41, Indeed, if anybody even gives a cup of water because you bear the name of Christ, truly I tell you, you will never lose that reward. If I do something as little as give a cup of water to a little kid in children's church, and that child drinks that cup and is refreshed, I will have an eternal reward 
Think about this. He's given minor things here. Proverbs 19.17 says, Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord, and he will repay the lender. If I'm kind to the poor, you say, well, I didn't give anything. I was just really nice to him. I just loaned money to the Lord, and he's going to pay me back, is what that says. Do you understand, church? Every little thing, you can't even count the amount of good deeds that you've done for the Lord, a lot of you, can you? Just think about it. I'm not saying, hey, stand up and tell me all the good deeds you did. And we don't do it for that reason. But man, just imagine a system where every little thing I do, there's a reward in heaven. And he says, look, I go to prepare a place. And if I go, would I not tell you unless I'm going to build it? And in my in my father's house, there are many mansions. I mean, I'm going to walk through that door, and I just want you to imagine the amount of treasure each Christian has and he's not going to hold the bad against us. Isn't it amazing to think about? A rich reward, a rich welcome. Another thing is a resurrection. 1 Thessalonians 4.17, so we have a rest, we have a reward, and we have a resurrection. Church, how many of you have went through Thanksgiving and forgot all this? How many of you went through and said, man, I'm numb, I got nothing. I'm having a hard time being thankful, I'm having a hard time being happy, and God's saying, pull the stinger out. You're poisoned by the thinking of this world. Start thinking about eternity, okay? Then he goes on, resurrection. First Thessalonians 4.17, After that, those who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and they will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians 5.1, Now about the times and the seasons, brother, we do not need to write to you. It says so on, uh, down in 11, it says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves, edify one another, even as you also do. Luke 21.28, And when things begin to come to pass in the world around you, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing very close. Church, we got to get excited. You say, oh my goodness, I might die. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. Church, we can't be thinking about death the way we think about it. We can't have a stinger mentality. We can't think, man, I'm 60 now. Oh, no, it's almost over. No, it's almost about to begin. we got to get the stinger out. We've thought so much with that stinger inside of us, that poison working through our system, we don't have a living hope. and We've got to have the living hope inside of us. It's got to be live in us, that hope of what's coming Anybody ever had expectation? It's like, oh man, Disney World. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm like 11 years old. I got my little ears on, my little Mickey Mouse ears. And it's like, what an awful trip. Oh, it's the worst trip. Man, the drive down, the traffic, the bathroom stops. I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to Disney World. The drive doesn't bother me. I'm going to Disney World. And that's how we should be. Man, this world, man, there's ups, there's downs, but man, I'm going to heaven. Man, Disney World compared to heaven? Are you kidding me? It's not even close, man. I wish somebody that's there right now could tell us what it's like because I'm thinking about it, I'm dreaming about it. 
I'm, I'm just inside of me. Everything is leaping inside. I want to be there. I want to be here with my family. I want my family to be with me. I want my church to be with me. I want my friends to be with me. But man, I really want to be there. Another thing about death. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 8 says, For we know that this earthly tent that we live in will be taken down. That is, when we die, we will leave our earthly body. Now listen to what happens when we leave our earthly body. This is our consolation prize, okay? I want you to, I want to show you how terrible it is when we leave this earthly body. If we're Christians, it is terrible if we're not. Very terrible. I can't stress it enough, church. But it says when we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. How many can say we grow weary in our present bodies? But listen to this. I'm reading from the Luda Living Translation, by the way. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 8. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly body like new clothing. For we will put on our heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. We will live in our earthly bodies. We will groan and sigh in our earthly bodies. But it's not what we want. It's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he sent his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from our earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. Do you understand? I'm not home. As long as I have my body, I'm away from home. How many think it's a good thing to go home? It's like, oh man, I'm home, finally. This is where I belong. This is where I feel comfortable. And the Bible says something inside of us, as long as I have this body, you say, well, Chad, that body has got to be awesome to have. Trying to cut the tension a little, all right? It is, but I would rather think about it. As long as I have this body, I'm not at home. As long as I'm in this body, I will groan and I will drag along. And I'll, But something inside of me, it's called a living hope. Something inside of me springing up. Something inside of me saying, man, I'm so ready to be with the Lord. I want to go home. I want to be with the Lord. I'm only here for a while. We don't want to leave our present bodies only because we have work to do, church. We want as many people to go with us as we can take with us. But that living hope is springing inside of me and I'm not afraid to leave this body. I'm not afraid to leave it here and put on my new clothing. But if you're not serving the Lord, it's a dreadful thing. That's living with the stinger in you still. God wants you to pull it out. He doesn't want that poison running through you. He doesn't want that poison that says, this is all there is. This is it. If you don't get on top here, then this is all there is. Take everything you can here and then you die and then it's over. That's the message of the world and that's the poison of that sting. And God says, no, 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 no. Life's going to begin the moment you get in the presence 
of the Lord. But church, we got work to do. We go on. <clears throat> it says in First Peter, First Peter, chapter two. It says, "Yes, those who trust Him recognize the honor God has given Him, Jesus." But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has become a cornerstone. He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes people fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet their fate that was planned for them. But you are not like them. You are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. As a result, you can show other people the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Hallelujah. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you receive God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents or aliens and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and give honor to God who judges the world. Did you hear that? I'm an alien. Not like a green one, okay? I'm a foreigner. I'm not from here. I'm not from around here. Some of you have taken your citizenship in the world, and that's why you can't get the stinger out of you. It's like, man, this is where I'm from. This is where I belong. This is where I'll live. This is where I'll die. And God says, no, the ones that have pulled the stinger out, they're not from here. They're just passing through. They're temporary residents. They don't actually live here. They live somewhere else. And spiritually, they don't live by sight. They live by faith. And they're already there. I'm already a resident of heaven. I'm already living in his kingdom. I'm already obeying his laws. I'm already, God, I'm yours and I'm not even from here. And I'm so ready to be with you, Lord, that we're aliens and non-residents here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Excites me. John 14, 1 to 3, the one I said earlier, let your not heart, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house are many mansions. If it, if weren't so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, you will be with me also. Hallelujah. Now I want you to think about death for a second. Let's go back to that scary D word. That scary D word is what gives me my ticket to heaven. But I want you to know some things about it before I clean. i got lots of time today. I started at 11, so I'm really feeling it today. 11.39, look at me. Wow. (laughs) I want you to think about the small step of death that we all have to take. David said in 1 Samuel 23, verse 3, he says, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only one step between me and death. Sometimes we get fooled about death, don't we? Sometimes we think that we automatically are going to have a certain length of time. We automatically say, I'm going to live old, I'm going to live to be old, or I'm going to live to be a certain age. 
But let me tell you a truth today here, church. Life is short. Even if you live a lot of years, life is short. Let me give you the Bible definition. James 4.14 says this, Why do you not even know, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then you vanish. He says you're like a cloud of smoke that just goes into the air and then you're gone. And see, here we are living a lie. We're, we're saying I'm going to live forever when we open the paper up every day and it tells us something different. Church, you know what I'm talking about. Every single day it tells you that what you're believing is not the truth. Every single day you see babies. Every single day you see children. Every single day you see young, middle-aged people. You see all different ages in the paper that have gone out of this world. And so you're lying to yourself if you don't understand that life is short. Another one, Job 7, 7. Remember that my life is but a breath, Lord. Psalm 39, 5. You indeed have made my, my days as a hand breath. My lifetime is nothing before you. Truly each man at his best exists as but a breath. Psalm seventy-eight, thirty-nine. He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. Psalm 102, 3. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like a glowing ember. Psalm 144, 4. Man is like a breath. His days are a passing shadow. Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow because you do not know what a day may bring. Isaiah 2.22, but no more trust in man who only has a breath in his nostrils. What account is he? You only have a breath. You understand God over and over says life is short. And so my mission today is to make sure you walk out of here and you're prepared for death. They say, what a terrible, morbid thing. No, what an exciting thing. Church, we got to quit thinking that way. You can't walk out these doors and say, I'm going to throw God away because your life is short. The Bible clearly tells us that it's not long. God gives us only a few. We're going to live on eternity. Our reward in all of eternity is going to be based on what I do in this short breath of time. Imagine that. Everything that I do in this short breath of time for eternity I'm going to reap the rewards of that. and But we're a short breath. God's only given us a little bit of time to honor Him and worship Him and show the world how much we love Him. A short amount of time. Next thing is death is certain. Death is certain. Hebrews 9.27, It is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Now I'm confused. Because in John, it says, Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? So why is the contradiction there? Because when I came to the Lord to be born again, what did I do? Die. I pre-died. You know what it means to pre-die? That means I willingly laid my life down and I said death to self. That's what water baptism symbolizes. It's not the actual death, but it's you telling the world this is what's happened inside of me. I'm giving my life. He said if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. 
But if you give your life, you'll take eternal life. And God wants you to pre-die. You say, man, I don't want to die one day. Then die now. Die to yourself and live for Him. Let Him live through you. Let hope flow through you. Live for God and quit living for yourself. Lay it down. And He said, you'll never die again because the moment I close my eyes and my heart stops beating, I'm sitting in the presence of God. And a rich welcome is all around me. Heaven is opening its gates and it's saying, look at all the things that you've done. And I said, well, look, that was nothing. But look at the riches that you have over that nothing that you did. And God wants you to have this. God doesn't want you to have the stinger anymore. God wants you to begin to live with a rich hope, a living hope flowing up inside of you. Praise God. Death is uncontrollable. Ecclesiastes 8.8 None of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us have the power to prevent the day of our death. There is no escaping that obligation, that dark battle in the face of death. Wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. So here's the question. How do I want to face death? You say, why are you talking about this today? Because I want you to get excited. What did Pastor talk about today? Death? But man, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. And see, you've lived too long with the Stinger Church. Death should be exciting if you're in the Lord. Death is, man, that's my ticket to everything that God has for me. That Man, I'm going to open my eyes and the Lord's going to be there. And I'm going to look around and I'm going to be shocked at all the people that are waiting there. You know that? God wants us to get full of this. But we have a choice. We can walk through death with the Lord, or we can walk alone. Can you imagine walking through death alone? <clears throat> Listen to this. Psalm 23.4 Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil, because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what the other worldly version of that says? I'm walking through the valley of death and you aren't with me. I have no comfort. If it's a promise, the opposite is also true. How many know that? You can't. Grab onto a promise and say it's mine through faith and not say that the alternative is not also true. I'm walking through the valley of death and I am really afraid because I'm all alone. You say, but God's with everybody. No, He's with those that live for Him. Those that accept Him as the Lord of their life. And this is what God's calling us to do. Walk through the valley and I am not afraid because you're with me. There's two kinds of people, the godly and the godless. I say it all the time. The godly have their God. The godless have no God. And there are many who are godless, and they'll call out in that day and say, Be my God. He's like, I don't even know you. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. And I'm walking to the valley of death, and I'm terribly afraid because he is not with me. It's a terrible verse, isn't it? But the alternative is one of the most awesome I've ever heard. Isaiah 43, 2. 
You pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the river, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. A lot of people say that's things you're going through through life, but put that in with death. Death is trying to overcome me, but the Bible says it was swallowed up with life. So here it is again. Pass through the waters, I will be with you. He's with me. I'm passing through this death, and He's with me. They won't overcome me. But look at the alternative. I passed through the waters. They overcame me. He was not with me. Church, we have to do that. We have to do that. There's an incredible reward and there's an incredible reward when you pull the stinger out. But if you leave it in, there's no reward. Listen to this scripture. I want you to really hear this one. Man, I didn't even write down where it's at. Wow. It's a parable of the rich fool. You can look it up. Just Google it. You'll find it. It says, Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, Tell my brother to invite, divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, I think it might be Matthew 10, 13 or something like that. Jesus replied, man, who appointed you to be a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out and be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of your possessions. He's addressing how we go through life and try to gather everything to ourselves, right? And he told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store all of these crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barn and I'll build a bigger one. And then I will store all my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years, take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you are a fool. This very night your life will be demanded of you. Then you will get what you prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. This is how it will be for the person who's rich, but not rich toward God. Did you see he had everything? He had saved up so much grain, which basically is the equivalent of building a bank account up. He had such a big bank account, he said, man, I'm going to tear it down, I'm going to build a bigger barn because I have so much in my bank account. And he was saying, God told him, you're a fool. Because you became rich in this world. Nothing wrong with the fact that he had riches. It was that he said, I'm going to take it easy now and I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry and forget God. God was saying, you fool, you've done nothing to prepare for death. Do you see any excitement in him about death? He's like, oh man, when I die, I'm going to lose all my money. God's saying, you should be excited to be with me. You should love me more than the things of this world, you know. All right, preparing to take the step of death. The Bible says, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Remember it said the stinger is sin. So if that stinger is in me, then it's death. 
But if the stinger is plucked out of me, and Jesus Christ, it says, the wages of sin is death, I'm not going to live with that poison. I'm not going to live with that future. I'm not going to live with everything the enemy tries to make my mind live with. I'm going to pluck it out and I'm going to take the gift of God, which is eternal life. The gift of God, which is eternal life. It's a gift of God that He wants to give to us today. God wants us to live with that eternal gift and know what it is. Sometimes we have an iceberg kind of faith. Sometimes we look at the iceberg that's above the water and we say, man, that's everything that I have to be thankful for. When the majority of every benefit that God has, you don't even see. Church, I'm so happy I heard the message on reminding. Because i got to remind you again and again and again, we're almost there. We're almost in the presence of the Lord. We're almost home. We're almost ready to shed the body and put on our new clothing. And man, what a glorious day it's going to be. Do you think I care whether I finish projects on earth? I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. And somehow, you say, well, won't you be sad if so-and-so didn't make it? I'm sad on this earth, but you know what my promise is? I won't be sad there. There'll be no tears. He'll wipe them away and there'll never be another one. Somehow I have understanding that's beyond what I have now. Right now I see through a glass darkly, but one day I'll see clearly and totally understand. And I won't have sorrow. I won't have sadness. I won't have any of that anymore. That's where I want to be. Hallelujah. Do you know that death, I want you to think of death a little different right now. Death in your body is a seed. And it's going to be planted. Do you know that? The Bible teaches this. Listen to this. Job 5.26 says, You will go to the grave, Job, at a ripe old age. You will be like a sheaf of grain harvest in the proper time. And it says in Hebrews 2.14, Because God's children are human beings. This New Living Translation. Because God's children are human beings. That's us. Made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood for only as a few only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death you see that he had to break the power of the fear of death now I'm going to build this up here first peter 1 3 to 5 says praise be to god we have a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ the one i read earlier now listen to galatians 6 7 to 8 here here's the seed Don't be misled or deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Lord will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. If inside of you is the Spirit of the Lord, that seed will produce everlasting life. But inside of you is a desire to live for yourself and not to please the Lord, that seed will go into the ground and it will reap an eternal reward. The Bible says there will be a resurrection of the dead 
and the living. Both will be resurrected. It says the wicked will be resurrected with a body that is fitted for destruction. It means they'll literally have a body that was made for everlasting destruction. And it says the righteous will be resurrected into a glorious, glorified body. And they will put on immortality. And forever they'll be with the Lord. You are a seed today. How many know that? You're going to be planted in the ground one day. And what a glorious planting it is going to be if you love the Lord. Man, when they put us in the ground, just imagine what's going to grow there. And I want you to get excited about it, church. We are a seed that is just ready to be planted into the ground. Praise God. Revelation 21.4. I'm going to close with this if the worship team would make their way up here. Everybody stand with me this morning. Curtis, turn the lights down. Please. Revelation 21.4. I want you to hear this. He will wipe away every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone. Hallelujah. How many can get excited about that? That's the good news. I don't have to live anymore with the fear of death and all these things because God has taken that stinger out of my life. We were talking over Christmas about all my near-death experiences that I've had over the years. The things that I've gotten myself into over the years. And I'll tell you, I've been in those situations where I have almost actually died. And I can remember thinking to myself, man, I'm going to miss my family, but I'm not afraid. And how many know every week the responsibility I have is I've got to pull people who are heading toward death and destruction and somehow we've got to pull them into life. That's how important this is. We've got to take your hand and you say, I don't know if I could be one of these Christian people. I don't know if I could ever be one that raises my hands. You need to find a time to either be at this altar and ask somebody to help you because we can actually take your hand like somebody did me one day, and we can actually pull you from death into life. We can teach you how to have a living hope. We can teach you to walk around without the stinger of death in you anymore, without the stinger of destruction anymore. We can do that. We can teach you how to worship for people that have never worshipped, people that have never raised their hands and praised God. Uh, We can do that. God's given us the power to free you from the bondage. God's given you the power to go from darkness into light, but you've got to respond. You've got to begin to say, I want that with all of my heart. I've lived in this world. I've been battered by this world. I've been beaten up by this world. I've had hopelessness. I've had despair. I don't want it any longer. I've lived with the stinger. I'm tired of it. And God wants to pull it out and God wants to fill you with hope. God wants you to get up every day and say, I've got a future that's so bright. What? i got to wear sunglasses. My future is so bright. My future is so bright. My future is so good. It doesn't matter my predicament at the moment because it's a short life. I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord real soon. Church, we're almost home and that's exciting.
We've made it this far and we're still together. We made it this far and we're still serving Him. We made it this far and we're still praising Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It don't matter how good my Thanksgiving was. It don't matter how full my barn is. It don't matter how full my savings account is. It doesn't matter where my dreams were fulfilled or I felt completely. It doesn't matter. Church, I've got a reward waiting for me, a rich welcome waiting for me. Oh, and we got to live in it, church. Oh, praise God. I'm just going to ask if I have a raising hand. I'm sorry. He's in ministry. You're not right with the Lord. If you can walk away and say, I don't want this in my life, I'm going to keep praying for you because your days are numbered. But you say, man, I want that with all my heart. Find me up here. I want to lead you. I want to pull you out of the darkness and I want to put you in the light. I want you to have life, not death. I want you to have God's eternal gift. I want you to have His gift of eternal life. You say, is it just a prayer? No, it's a mentality. It's a mentality that doesn't have a stinger, doesn't have a sting, doesn't have death. Death can't hurt me anymore. It's a life. It's to wake up in the morning and know that I've got a future. Is it just a prayer? No, it's not just a prayer. It's to wake up in the morning and know that I have a future. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you need prayer for anything, you want to lay hands on your day. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, I want you up here need to rededicate your life. I want you up here. If you're going through struggles in life and you need hope to be infused into your heart, I want you up here. Praise God. There's so many saints that have gone before us. Let me tell you today, it's great here. Wonderful here. I want you here with me. Don't give up, saints. Don't give up, saints. I want you here with me is what they would tell you today. Don't give up. Don't slow down. Don't back away. Don't go back to the world. Don't go back to the thinking of the world. Don't let that poison get in your spirit because we're almost home, church. That's what they would tell you today.